And we are live. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, everybody, from wherever you might be tuning in to another Hotelier Pulse Collective session together with our members and friends at Great Hotels of the World and Guest Centric. Uh, today, I'll be joined by Rita Machado, who's the Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Great Hotels of the World. Uh, Pedro, unfortunately, won't be able to join us due to unfortunate circumstances that came up rather suddenly. So we wish Pedro all the very best as he navigates those. But we'll have a wonderful time with Rita, no doubt. And we're also going to be joined by Mr. Jan Albers, who's the General Manager at the Chetty Hotel based in Lustica Bay in Montenegro. So let's start with bringing in Rita. Hey, Rita, how are you? Hello, Andre. Good to see you again. Good to see All you. Good, How's it well? Yes. Everyone very excited to welcome in um, this next Pulse session. Very good. All right. And then let's bring in our guest, Jan. Hello. How are you? How are you? Good to see you, Jan. Hi, very good. Hi, Andre. Hi, Rita. Thank you for having me. Great to have you here. Yeah. Okay, excellent. So let's get started with uh, the report. But before we do, I just want to just make a couple of housekeeping items for everybody. Don't forget that if you want to get a copy of the report, I will put the link in the comments section now for everybody to get it. So that is there for you. And also the link to the current survey for June's report uh, is also going to be there. So you can access that as well. So um, that should be now coming to you live. If it's not, please let me know and I'll do it again. So let's bring up the report, Rita. Here we go. So this is the 38th edition. Um, and I had a quick look through it. It looks um, very interesting, but also, again, as, a, as per last month, quite consistent with what we've seen from, from previous months. So uh, why don't we, um, Rita, get you to, to give us a bit of an introduction on the, on the report and then we can go through right. some of the information and, and also check in with Jan on how things are happening at his property. Absolutely. Hello, everyone. Well, uh, the summary of our 38th Pulse report is actually pretty positive. Most hotels still accept, expect to increase their revenue um, and to prioritize direct business growth. So we saw that throughout last year, throughout this year. However, um, we, do, we do have some questions and we can see some slight dips in uh, confidence and optimism. And this is actually um, my first question to Jan. Uh, international leisure growth still remains super strong in most markets. And um, how's your confidence regarding international leisure travel to Montenegro and to your property? Confidence stays rather strong, um, I can say, uh, Rita. Uh, we can also feel a certain increase in revenue uh, to 23 uh, compared to 222. Uh, however, and that is might be interesting, uh, would be curious also to hear um, from our viewers and listeners today how they see that. We see no um, real pattern in the increase we feel. Meaning, uh, even if we have now being open for five years, um, quite some historic data we can um, we can look and analyze. We see an increase um, in revenues. We see also an increase in ADR development. Uh, however, the pattern seems to be focused on rather um, incredible last-minute pickup. Absolutely. And we can see this zigzaggy pattern here. And actually, um, you can see that our hotels aren't, although they're still optimistic, but on a scale of, you know, to nine, we're down to 6.9. It's not the highest it's been. It's not the lowest. 
but we seem sort of to have reached perhaps a limit to what we can expect in terms of increase in revenues. We have these amazing results compared to 22. So check-ins year to date, we are 28% um, above in revenue and even 17% in room nights, which is obviously great, great news. But it, it does seem to be kind of stabilizing a little bit over the last month or two, at least not to have these fantastic increases. Um, we can see here direct booking, they still represent 49% of bookings. But if you look at 22, at the time they represented 52%. So we are losing ground in terms of direct booking. And uh, interestingly enough, Expedia are growing as are GDS bookings. And Expedia seems to be linked to the recovery of the US market. Is that your um, experience as well, Jan? What, what do these numbers tell you in your hotel? Similar, I would say. Um, we see a bigger growth in Expedia for the exact re reason you just mentioned before. Uh, in our case, in particular for Montenegro, we have a better connectivity to the U.S. market um, as uh, Dubrovnik, which is only 40 kilometers north of us and one of our key feeder airports, has actually a direct connection to the U.S. now four times a week. And we feel that and we feel it also through the booking channel of Expedia. What of we can also feel, however, and that might be interesting to add here, although it's uh, in the lower uh, percentages, is that um, we also feel that there is a greater comeback of individual travel advisors, you know, um, a business which uh, some people would have seen already comes to a certain end. In the contrary, um, our feeling is, and also that what our guests are telling us, that these um, advisors, travel advisors, particularly on the luxury segment where we are operating, um, is uh, definitely seeing um, a bigger comeback too. Absolutely. And that actually reflects the numbers here of the GDS recovery. Exactly. What we're seeing is that GDS, both for leisure and for corporate travel, is making a definite comeback. And the leisure market is gaining ground, as you say, Jan, for the travel advisors, the good travel advisors who can really add value and personalization. And I think also some security in uncertain times and, you know, airports and connectivity problems, uh, people are still uh, working with good travel advisors, which is good news for the, the business. And we can see here in May, although uh, the revenue uh, is still up on last year, the room nights are actually only 4% above last year. So there seems to be some softening, which can then, I think, explain, although they're optimistic, our hoteliers, they're not as euphoric as they were a couple of months ago. So uh, clearly, clearly difference. And what we can see later on is also, um, and, you know, if we look at the U.S. hotels, we can definitely see the demand there is flattening out after these two or three really um, incredibly strange years. If we look at the check-ins um, year to date, the check-ins are still on an upward trend. Um, so year to date, we've got, yeah, 36% more than last year, which is really uh, great, great in terms of revenue. But again, we do have to offset inflation. Uh, we had two or three years of two years, at least of inflation, which needs to be offset. And again, if we look at the US numbers, 
the US hotels, price-wise, they are really, really flattening out. Um, Rita, sorry, I, I just want to come back and check in with Jan on the optimism because it's interesting when you had that optimism slide up, the dip from 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 May to or the previous month, yeah, that's yeah. quite a it's quite a strong dip. And I'm curious, given that we're moving into summer here in Europe, I would have expected that actually to be the other way. So it's it's curious to see that it's dropping off a little bit. Jan, uh, can I just get your your thoughts on that and how do you feel generally? moving into summer. I mean, what, what, what do you feel that this is um, reflective of, of your region? Uh, but look, um, I, can, I can speak for our hotel first and then also for the region. Uh, what we saw was uh, what we like to call a flattening of the seasonality curve. Uh -huh. Meaning our business usually, you know, is like this and um, the, the peak obviously representing July and August, our summer months. We've seen uh, a much bigger um, demand increase for March, April and May, which was actually flattening this curve for us a tiny little bit. And what we have also seen is that in this period, so in uh, the beginning of Q2, we have received quite a decent amount of bookings for July and August. A bit more um, and uh, partly in, in certain weeks significantly more um, for the peak season rather than what we see in the last four weeks. And that, um, for us, explains a bit this dip in uh, optimism here, which you can see from May to June. Uh, I could picture that uh, being also connected to the decrease in pickup uh, pace uh, for the peak exactly. season. And when I speak to my dear colleagues in the region, that's also um, what uh, my colleagues um, in the industry are telling me. However, uh, we also need to be um, uh, clear here that so far what we have on the books and what the region has on the books, I believe, is still ahead of last year. And yes. uh, that's not in one or two percent, but rather in 10, 20 and 30 percent. A number so I would uh, personally think that the optimism will also now make again an increase in the uh, in the other direction due to the fact that the extreme short um, pickup will now also grow again. Okay, perfect. Thank you. That's, Sorry, Rita. It's a, that's going. fine. It's exactly what we're seeing here. We'll we'll mm -hmm. see the pickup. Um, just checking in here, excuse the pun, on the direct bookings. Um, so here again, our hotels in the portfolio, our guest-centric portfolio, clearly direct bookings are still on the increase, but the gap, the gap does seem to be narrowing, um, which is understandable. You know, agencies and online travel agents are also picking up the business. And we can see that the, actually, the pickup here in May, reflecting what Jan was saying, was actually quite slow. So the pickup in May, in terms of room nights, was 11% uh, compared to the previous month. So things in May and June are not, perhaps June is picking up for July and August, but the booking windows are getting really short. So um, it's, it's really a serrated edge um, of a business going up and down and up and down. And, and, you know, I think hoteliers are probably becoming a bit cautious as well in our forecasts because they're getting increasingly difficult. Um, however, clearly we're still um, quite a lot better than uh, 22, but the pickup had, did slow down in May. Um, summer, again, is accelerating. So July and August bookings are already picking up, but we did have, you can see in the top left-hand corner, it really 
did come close to last year's numbers and, and things are really narrowing down. It is still above 22, but not all that much more um, than it was. So I think we'll, we'll, we're clearly going to have a good summer season in most of our hotels um, and the hotelers have you know, done their homework. June has already, already accelerated slightly more than last year, but you can see the numbers. It's 8% above last year. It's not 20, it's mm. not 30, um, you know, and yeah. this is same store booking. So it's very, you know, direct comparison. Yeah, it's does interesting. This, does this match, Jan, what you're yeah, feeling? Absolutely. Yeah, Great. absolutely. That's exactly, of course, hand in hand was what I mentioned before. Absolutely. Jan, we... Were you anticipating that there would be more than this 8% or did you like six months out, maybe even a year out, did you think that that's pretty much where you were going to land? What, what, because 8% seems rather small given that we're moving into a, the high season. So and, and is that, is that what you really thought might happen? Yeah, and giving the inflation, right? Yeah. Um, look, uh, initially we had planned with a slight more um, of an increase um, but given the fact that we also still have um, 15 days to go, and um, I believe now in our case the weather will also uh, play a role in that regard. The weather in the last weeks has not been so good as the forecast is showing now for the next two weeks, which means that I could picture that we also grow a little bit more here uh, yeah. in June itself, and that will be then, yes, a bit hand in hand. Yeah. And I think when, you do, yeah. when you do a budget nowadays, you know, uh, you, you always look 12 months ahead, right? Yeah, um, I think it's um, uh, we came to a uh, to a situation where it's better to look um, at least on a quarterly basis, if not on a monthly basis, um, what is actually happening because the market environment became so dynamic. So yeah, yes, absolutely. I mean we are basically in line with um, what we initially planned, given that we still have a bit of pickup to come in the next fifteen days. Mm -hmm. And and I think we need to remember that also May was um, terrible news in terms of airports and mm. projections of congested airports in summer and strikes. And, you know, there was this whole slew of quite bad news about summer bookings, which hopefully won't, won't be that difficult. And we can see here, in fact, that the pickup for July, you know, mm. it's already happening. So July, we're already... Yeah you know, 75% of 22. So, you know, looking good because the lead times are shorter nowadays. And so things seem to be back on track. Um, and, and again, we, we, we've still got the price up there. So hoteliers are holding their prices, which is also good news considering the cost environment that they're operating in. Um, so that should be make up for a good summer. And again, if we look even further ahead to August and September, um, August is looking good in line with 22, and September is incredibly strong considering we're still two months out. Do, you, do, these, um, do these projections match your region, Jan? Do you think this is, you know, I would say generally, I would say generally as I do. Um, we have uh, same-day last year situations, not only for our hotel, but potentially also for the region. We do see um, a tiny little bit less of bookings on the books now already for the peak season, also for August. However, we see more revenue, meaning uh, we actually see a development in ADR between 20 and 35%, which then represents actually a higher pickup value rather than a higher um, pickup in quantity. 
Absolutely, yeah. September that that seems to be. Yeah, September itself uh, looks, uh, I think, for the region uh, incredibly well when it comes to business groups already. Mm -hmm. Okay, right. So that brings me to my next question, Jan. Um, how, how do you think um, business and leisure are going to evolve over the next couple of months? What's, what's the mix looking like for you? Generally speaking, we are a leisure destination, so the um, individual transient traveler is always, um, uh, you know, the uh, the biggest um, share here for us. Uh, what we can see is that um, these guests which are coming uh, are actually focusing on different things than they did um, five or ten years ago. Same applies to a business traveler, by the way. You know, I I'm not a big fan of combining these. Um, two um, uh, segments, so to speak, and making pleasure out of it. However, um, I do think that there is a point to it. You know? So when we have now, for example, the incentive business coming back, it's not anymore uh, only about being next to the seaside. It's also about having activities which we can offer to guests. It's about um, you know, bringing guests to the outside and what we call bringing them closer to nature. And this is actually um, what we were um, pitching for, so to speak, also um, when we opened the hotel. But we actually can see now, and probably it's a result out of the last years we were all going through um, some challenging periods, uh, what the guests, let it be a leisure transient or um, a business guest is looking for. It's um, rather the outside than having an appropriate luxury bed and a shower. Absolutely. And we can see here on the, although um, most of our portfolio, clearly the leisure market is the dominant one, we can see that the business um, business segment has gone up in terms of um, optimism and also, you know, hoteliers seeing the business coming in, as you were saying, for Q Q3 and Q4, the, de the bookings are definitely picking up for small groups. What we're seeing at Great Hotels of the World is that groups are still smaller than they were in the past. Um, and, and as you say, Jan, more focused on outdoor venues. That hasn't gone away at all. Yeah. Right. We've got a comment here from uh, David Chesler. David, great to have you joining us. Thanks for, for tuning in. He agrees that the rate is strong, especially in key pleasure markets, and that occupancy yeah. seems strong, but variability is at least protected with the stronger rates, which is um, yeah. uh, obviously a very, very positive thing. I think as well what we mentioned in last, year, uh, last month's uh, session as well with Pedro was that we're seeing that the pleasure market itself is becoming more predominant now pre, yeah. pre uh, sorry, post COVID. So rather than saying it's just pure business or leisure that we're seeing travelers are actually combining both with yes. their travel and they're maximizing that opportunity so that they can bring their families and make a yeah. holiday out of a business trip. If that's possible, we're seeing that more yeah. and more. Is that something Jan as well that you you're noticing as well? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I can tell you that we have never seen uh, more people also in our public areas and outside, uh, you know, at the beach, actually effectively um, working away in working. a more, uh, you know, summary environment, obviously. I, I, I think yeah. that's fantastic to see yeah. uh, in many ways because I also see um, our guests to actually enjoy and relax much more and then they potentially would do, but they're also getting work done. Uh, so yeah. we yeah, have and... to confirm that I can see that. Yeah. Yes. And, and they're probably in a better mood too, right? Because they're families yeah. with them. So they're more relaxed. <laughs> yeah. And, and that, that actually translates into longer lengths of stay. So That's the cost right. per booking yeah. is a lot more interesting as well, uh, spread That's out right. over longer days. And with your, how many restaurants? 
in the hotel five or six? Yeah, we go in in season uh, up to six. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, that that means also potentially a lot more revenue per stay. So pretty good news altogether. Um, by the way, uh, do you think um, obviously um, Lustica Bay is isn't a city center hotel, but you're a very experienced hotelier and you've been all over the world. Um, we've we've seen that city center hotels and hoteliers are the ones that show the highest le level of business optimism. So when we ask them how optimistic for that first graph, it's the city center hotels who are finally um, showing all this optimism. Why do you think this is, Jan? Can you can you comment on that? Uh, first of all, I think that they more than deserve that. You know, I, I, think, that <laughs> I think that city center hotels were probably suffering the most and even more than we did um, in the last, you know, challenging times with the pandemic and everything. Because if you remember back then, um, you know, everyone was looking how can we actually get um, out of the city, uh, enjoy the nature more, enjoy yes. the outside more, like that? what we mentioned before, uh, meaning uh, our city um, city hotel uh, family members were suffering much more than probably we did. Um, and yeah. I have a feeling that now a lot of people, uh, including myself, uh, is enjoying to go back into the big city. You know? And um, that also applies for businesses um, when they organize events and meetings. Uh, mm -hmm. It's time to go back to the city. So I can share that optimism and I believe that's where it's coming from. We have been avoiding cities for some time and now we are catching up uh, yeah. with exactly that. Yeah, both for city breaks and at great hotels of the world, we've been seeing group inquiries coming back with a vengeance for cities. Clearly, uh, as you say, it's time to get back to the city. Um, do you think... Uh, do you think your ADR over the next 12 months is going to continue rising? Or do you think we've kind of reached a plateau, um, a plateau. in our hotels? Well, look, I think that in general, you can say that the ADR development um, and the increase in ADR is um, also equalizing um, the inflation rates, um, depending obviously on the market. So the real ADR increase might actually not be so big as what we see in the last 12 months. Looking yeah. forward, um, I do still see some development uh, potential in ADR, but it might not be um, as high as before. You know, if uh, we have seen an ADR increase of 30% and more, that looking forward yeah. two years in a row might be, uh, might be a tough call for the market. Um, I'd rather say that um, the ADR will stabilize and um, be also increasing 5 to 10%, but not um, in the same amount like it was doing before. Yeah, well, that reflects exactly what we're seeing here. So the booked ADR, so looking ahead um, to 23, this is where we are. So we've still got great levels of prices, absolutely, but it is, it is tapering off. We're at 11% above um, above last year. So it's not a massive increase, as you said, Jan, considering inflation in many markets, and our portfolio is composed of many markets, 32 countries to be precise. So we've got a good basket here. Um, Look, and that's I think if, I may, um, if I may add here, what I think uh, besides the ADR increase, you know, I think that we see a market which is willing to pay um, a decent euro for a service. I think, and that is what we feel, um, that uh, customers nowadays rather look for added value 
and look for flexibility uh, on the level we are operating in, including, um, and of course, your portfolio, all of, all of the hotels. It's more about the service level uh, rather and the flexibility of the rate family itself um, rather than um, a pure ADR development. Yeah. Or rather a than expense. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and we see that the direct bookings really reflect that as people want to engage directly with the hotel and to make sure they're talking to the right people. And if, you know, if they need to change or to delay or to alter, they're talking to the people on the ground. So clearly that seems to be reflected. And just bringing in what we were mentioning um, just before, when we look at the US hotels, the ADR, there we really have flattened out and it's actually below last year's. So this flattening out we saw a couple of months ago on the US market and here we're actually below last year. So last year we had a huge surge in the US market and now the business is, is tapering off. Still very interesting rates, of course, but uh, slightly different. Um, again, but they're holding, holding on to their rates. But it seems to be more of a what we might call back to normal situation. Um, if we look at our channel mix, um, we've got channels again, as you, if you look at the top left uh, hand corner, channels are back to aligning with their weight, their relative weight in 22. And strangely enough, um, Expedia has dropped to 22. Other channels very recently, um, Agoda, Hotel Beds and Travco are showing some strength. So we can almost see Asia starting to come back um, as a market, right? With especially with Agoda, um, and and things are aligning, coming close to 22. We can see the dark blue line. Um, this is booked revenue, please. Um, same store bookings, so very very relevant. Um, and then we can see slightly different cases of Agoda and other channels, which with a gap higher. Do you do you find Yan in your destination is is Asia Asian markets Chinese Japanese Korean is that are those markets for your region? It has been in the past. It has been uh, pre-pandemic. We are seeing um, uh, a slight uh, recovery from the markets, all related also to the connectivity and the airlift into this direction. Mm -hmm. um, we, we see a slight comeback, but not to the extent we would wish it for. That is something we count on for the next year. Okay, so delayed reaction, as it were. Mm. Of course, this is all very recent, so I'm sure they're mm. going to be headed to their main destinations. Mm. And, and again, we've got our channels, the same thing in terms of revenue, coming back to same store bookings and to their 22 levels. Now, domestic versus international. Do, do you have any domestic market? Did this domestic market grew during the pandemic? What does it look like for you and your region? We had pre-pandemic, um, we had a relatively low um, domestic market share. It was significantly increased during the pandemic and when we reopened after a short um, closure. Um, that is purely related also to the fact that our direct neighbors in our region were not able to travel outside that easily, um, rather than coming to Montenegro, which was um, open for business and open also for the neighboring countries. 
without uh, too many restrictions, uh, which would have been uh, prevented traveling. So we saw that um, increasing during the pandemic. Uh, once the pandemic was over, uh, since last year, we also see a comeback of our key um, and traditional feeder markets, uh, which in our case, for example, is uh, the UK, Germany, France, but also the US, uh, which is coming back. And um, the domestic market or the regional market is also now able to travel again. However, however, we also see uh, actually that uh, they remain coming back, which is a beautiful thing for us uh, to recognize. <laughs> uh, so we, we actually have now um, an amazing diversity in our feeder markets, um, thanks to the domestic market staying with us. That's really good news. Here we see our graph is honestly, talk about serrated edge. This is going up and down throughout the last, uh, this is from July last year till this year. So every month, as you can see, things go up and down. But, um, and we can see clearly here that the international markets is where our hotels feel um, their business is going to come forward from over the next months. Um, because we're moving into high season. However, if you look at the months in the shoulder seasons and in the low season, everyone looked to their domestic market and they were actually quite strong. So hoteliers are saying, you know, that a lot of, our, of their domestic markets discovered their own country and, you know, continue to come back and to, you know, not lose sight of the, what their country has to offer. And speaking for Montenegro, I'm sure that it has a lot to offer the local and immediate neighbors. So interesting here that international markets are clearly going up and domestic markets are down for the next couple of months, but pretty normal. Leisure and business, we've already have had a look. Can you see any... Um, Re any shift in the leisure business, Jan? Do you think, do you see more multi-generational travel in leisure? Do you see um, more family travel, more couples travel? Is there anything in your leisure market that's changed in 23 that you'd like to share with our hotels? Uh, we can actually see um, our guests wanting to explore more, you know. Um, before, uh, we've seen guests coming, enjoying the sun and the beach. Now we see in particular our leisure guests want to indulge into the local culture, want to um, explore the region, um, are booking excursions, activities with us. That's definitely a bigger, a bigger change we can feel from before. Not necessarily if it's individuals traveling or couples traveling or families traveling, but rather that there is a, a much bigger um, willingness to discover uh, the local culture and activities as well as excursions. Yeah, so more purposeful travel. Okay, great. And in terms of sales and marketing expectations, we always ask our hoteliers um, what, what their expectations are on three areas. So whether um, they think direct uh, ADR will um, increase, market, whether their marketing spend will increase, and whether direct bookings will increase. And here again, we see that the direct bookings from May to June had a huge surge, according to our hoteliers, um, that they see the direct bookings on the increase. And ADR, here again, I don't mean seriously decreasing, but we can see it flattening out. And um, marketing spent clearly flat. Is this something that reflects your reality? 
or are you on a completely different plane? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say so. I think that's a very interesting slide. Um, let me uh, let me explain a bit more why. If you see a direct, if you see an increase of direct bookings, like what we can see right here, and in the same time you see a flat uh, marketing spend, I wonder how the direct bookings have been generated, right? Because in the end of the day, um, let it be a direct booking or um, a non-direct booking through a travel agent, OT, OTA, um, whichever channel, uh, the commission uh, we pay as hoteliers in the end of the day is also distribution costs, right? And these distribution costs, um, I would have guessed here, um, should also show an increase in the marketing spend. You know what I mean? And this is something yes. which, um, which I feel is actually missing here. That's very interesting. Yeah, I was, I was also going to comment on that. That does seem very interesting, doesn't it? Especially as it's, it looks like it's actually been going declining since February, March. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it doesn't look like it's, I mean, it's flattened out, but it doesn't look like it's picking up. So that I'm actually surprised to see how much that's yeah. dropped off since March. So we I see here, and I can only, you know, I have seen intel um, from our hotel here. Uh, we do see an increase in direct bookings, yes, um, but we also have a higher marketing spend. You do yeah. have a higher marketing spend, yeah, okay. What we see from our hotels, um, basically two things, although I agree with you, the spend is there somewhere. It has to be there somewhere as a cost of distribution at the end of the day. You can call it what you will but it does tend to be lower than sales commissions. However, I think there are two things here that can explain this. The first is that hotels took the opportunity during um, the pandemic to work their databases a lot better. So their own databases of direct clients, um, email marketing, CRMs, all of that, which are investments at the end of the day, are beginning to bear fruit. Um, and there, there was a lot great point. Great point. Yeah, and the other thing is um, Google, Google free booking links. Now I know they're not as free as free, um, but they do, they are lower than an OTA commission. So I think there, people are using Meta much better than they were a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. um, they're just becoming more sophisticated in their own digital marketing. Mm. And perhaps, I could be wrong here, but perhaps the way they allocate these costs may need to be studied again, because as Jan says, they are there somewhere. Um, but I do think they're working their uh, client base much more efficiently, and that has far less costs. So, um, and we can see that from our hotels as well. But, um, but here, the sharp increases in direct bookings, that's, you know, I think good news for everyone. Um, now, uh, another question. We ask our hotels um, which trends they think are going to be um, uh, strongest over the next couple of months. And, and here we see that um, hotels are all consistently prioritizing um, direct bookings and sustainability. So we've had ups and downs. You can see all these ups and downs, domestic um, staycations. Obviously, during the pandemic, we had a lot of that. That's come down. Working from home goes up and down as well. But, you know, um, a lot of people are saying that offices are going to come back 
with a vengeance um, next year. How do you how do you see these two these trends that you see here on the on the screen? I'm not sure whether you can see them. Can you see them, Jan? I can see. I can see them. Yes. Yes. Uh, look, I couldn't agree with you more when it comes to sustainable tourism. That's definitely a trend we can also see. Uh, if you recall now, also in the last five, six um, years, sustainability has always been a topic, um, but probably not as much as it has been a topic in the last couple of months. Uh, mindful tourism, what I also like to um, like to say in the same moment, you know, to me, sustainable tourism is mindful tourism. And that is something which we feel also is much more uh, valued by our guests. In fact, I actually believe, and also looking forward into the future, I strongly believe that our guests in the future are willing to pay more purely uh, by seeing that they are contributing with mindful uh, tourism. Uh, that is definitely something what we can also see uh, in our region and in our hotel. Mm -hmm. In your hotel. And at the, at the Chedi, I mean, you, you're, you've done quite a lot in terms of sustainability initiatives. Mm -hmm. How do you engage with your teams in terms of sustainability? Do you feel that they, apart from clients, that the teams themselves um, are mindful and are you know, willing and keen to develop these initiatives? Is it important for them? Absolutely. Look, it's also a process, right? Uh, we started this from the very beginning, but um, we can now see in this year uh, and also in last year that this is bearing fruits now. Um, let me elaborate a, a bit more. Uh, if you look into uh, the hospitality business as a total, a lot of sustainable um, efforts are also um, cost-saving initiatives. Uh, we have we have been gone way beyond that um, in the Chile. We are not looking at mindful tourism or any sustainability activity if it will actually save us money. We are looking if it will preserve uh, uh, the planet we call our home, literally, and the generations uh, to come, like our children uh, to come. We want. Uh, we always say here that we are visitors, um, and what we are sharing and selling here as our destination is our home but we are only renting it from Mother Earth, right? So we, want, <laughs> we actually want to preserve it. Um, so how do we do that? Just to give you an example, how serious we are with that. Uh, if we um, can purchase any food uh, or any um, perishable goods um, micro-locally, meaning even on our own peninsula, even if it is coming at a much greater cost because it's coming from a local farm, it's coming from a local business, it's coming from a business which is not using any preservatives, which is not using any chemicals, then we will be going for it. Um, why? Because we believe that we also have a responsibility towards our own community locally, micro-locally, but also as a whole in the country itself in, in our mission to actually develop uh, Montenegro um, as a sustainable tourism destination and as a destination which has a great future ahead of us, for us and also for our children. Uh, yeah. That is when it comes to food. Um, it also goes to um, any um, water, for example, we have in our hotel. It goes to the fact that, and that is something which um, in particular in the US market, I would say, um, in, in many hotels it's already standard that we have um, been um, not using any plastic anymore at all in the hotel uh, since a couple of months. Uh, looking forward, we are one of the rare places in Montenegro which is um, uh, doing an appropriate waste management. This all comes actually 
um, with a very, very um, high cost for that matter, but we can see it's appreciated from our guests and we take them on uh, with us on that journey. Uh, meaning if they want to get some information about it, um, uh, they uh, will get this information. We are sharing the initiatives we are doing. We are actually taking our guests um, to plant trees with us. You know, so um, uh, that is all initiatives uh, which uh, are being put in place for the future to come. Yeah, and yeah. how do you communicate your, your initiatives to your guests um, prior to their arrival and even whilst they're on property? And um, once you have communicated it to them, do you believe that it influences the behavior or their choices whilst they're at the hotel? And if so, to what, to what degree? So one thing is, of course, that we, that we always communicate our sustainable efforts uh, through social media, um, but also on our website. Once um, someone is um, reserving a room with us, actually in the pre-arrival communication, we do share our sustainability efforts uh, with our guests, as well as also certain packages we are offering. Um, mm -hmm. So one thing I just mentioned before, you can plant an olive tree with us, you know, is one of the things um, uh, we also proactively communicate uh, to our guests. Yeah, it's part, it's part uh, of the entire, we call it the guest journey. Uh, but the guest journey in our case is not starting once you check in. It's actually starting with your booking process. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right. Well, that's that's all good news. All good news. And in fact, the Chedi received one of our great hotels of the world sustainability awards. So ah. for the for a sustainable future. So that's why um, I thought this was especially relevant. But also because you mentioned quite spontaneously, Jan, the mindful travel. Um, and that people are more mindful of what they're doing than they were a couple of years ago. Um, and do you, do you find this is particularly the case of younger travelers, or do you think this has, is um, a trend that's actually across the board age-wise and nationality-wise? Is there any difference? Um, that's a very good question. Thank you, Rita. Uh, I think that in the um, in the uh, in our traditional feeder markets, meaning uh, Northern Europe and the UK, uh, we can see that this sustainability and mindful tourism has arrived um, a bit earlier. Meaning that the uh, the generations uh, a bit older already have that in their blood and probably also um, gave it to the children. Uh, we see it in the domestic market coming more in the younger generation. They are very mindful um, when it comes to yeah. sustainability efforts. So I think there's a certain difference of um, where the guests are coming from. But generally speaking, uh, we really see that it has become a hot topic and rightly so. Okay, great. Well, um, we're coming to the end of our time here, I think. We are. Um, Thank you so much, uh, Jan, for being with us here. Thank you for making the time to join us and our hotelier panel and for all your, your input. There's nothing like real-life data from the hoteliers themselves, um, apart from all the numbers. So thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you for having me. It has been an absolute pleasure.
Indeed. And I, I second that, Jan. Lovely to have you on the show. Thank you for joining. Rita, great to have you joining us as well in replacement of Pedro. Thank you so much. Great job. And to everyone who tuned in and watched us, thank you for, for making the time. And uh, don't forget, this will be available on demand as well on the website once uh, we get it up in a few days. And it will be available through um, Great Hotels of the World and Guest Centric. As well as, don't forget the next report to make sure to click on the link so that you can do the survey, especially if you're a hotelier and you'd like to include data into that, please do. Um, and yeah, until next month. Oh, David, thank you so much. That's very kind of you. He just said it's wonderful and so insightful. Truly appreciate the transparency and openness. Much appreciated. David, thank you. And thank you for joining in. Um, oh, look, all of these sessions, all these comments coming in now. Anyway, <laughs> you can all read them. Um, until next time, folks, we'll say goodbye. Thanks for joining. It's bye for now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.